Hey everybody, this is Zach from Retro Game Guys, and I'm here with uh, Steven Kleckner, who is not only a huge Street Fighter II fan, but he is also the guy who's running the Street Fighter II Hyper Fighting Tournament here at California Extreme. Uh, Steven, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for it's having great. me. Absolutely, it's great to have you. Uh, so this is your, what, fifth year throwing Street Fighter tournaments here at California Extreme, right? Uh, it's about my sixth or seventh. I don't quite remember <laughs> which year I started. It's been so long. Uh, how did you get started with uh, doing tournaments here at California Extreme? Uh, it's it's kind of a kind of a two part answer with that. Um, California Extreme, as you know, is kind of a the machines are all uh, brought in by hobbyists, right? Who who have brought in uh, stuff that they fixed up themselves in the garage and such. And I want to say around 2010, 2011, uh, when I was here at the show, Street Fighter Two didn't have a big uh, showing here. Mm-hmm. I was standing on the show floor, and it's not that there weren't any fighters there. There was, like, Tekken. There was yeah. uh, the Street Fighters that were there were, like, Third Strike and Alpha 3. And I was standing on the show floor, and there was this uh, father and son. And the son was having a good time, but the father had kind of the scowl on his face. And he just randomly came up to me and was just like, you know, I'm having fun here, but and it's cool to see these Street Fighter titles, but they aren't the Street Fighter that I played. Mm-hmm. The Street Fighter that I played was in 7-Eleven, and I don't see that here. Yeah. And myself, just happening to be a hardcore Street Fighter collector and player, I was like, I can do something to change that. Awesome. So the next year, uh, I got together with a couple other collectors who focus on Street Fighter, and I was like, hey, let's, let's bring Street Fighter 2 like, to the show. Let's bring Hyper Fighting. You bring a hyper fighting, I'll bring hyper fighting, you bring a hyper fighting, we'll have a row of hyper fighting. And that's the title that everyone who played in 7-Eleven remembers. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. Well, they remember Championship Edition, but hyper fighting is like the better Championship Edition. <laughs> yeah, I feel say. the same way. <laughs> when I started coming to California Extreme, which has been, I, geez, I don't even know how many years now, that's one of the things that I look forward to was, you know, and I used to always come on Sundays, which is the day after the typically the tournament that you had held there. So the machines are still here. Um, I would show up and they, you had, like you said, like a corral of Street Fighter machines and then all the, the, the guys who played the tournament yesterday, a lot of them were still there. Right. You had that real, like you said, that, that uh, experience mm-hmm. was captured. Like it's just like being in 7-Eleven. You, know, you had the guys that were you know, owning and hogging the machines and someone had to throw them off, but the people were just failing over and over. You know, but it was it was because the machines were so close. It had that vibe. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so uh, for me personally, that was one of the things that I always look forward to. Yeah, yeah. The other thing, uh, just to go off of that, I also remember times where back when it was really hot. You know, Championship Edition had come out. Street Fighters were everywhere, and I remember we would go to like Great America, and we'd walk into the arcade, and it would just be filled with Z-backs and nothing but championship edition, yep. you know? And, and so when we got to a point where we were doing that corral, like that's the vision I had, like, like anyone that wants to play that 7-Eleven Street Fighter 2, they walk in that corral and there's just tons yeah. of Street Fighter 2s there. For, for anyone play. who hasn't been to California Extreme, it's, it's kind of hard to explain and can properly capture the, the sheer size and scale and intensity of this, you know, pop-up, you know, arcade in some ways, right? It's just right. hundreds of games and you just, it's like going back in time. It's so amazing. And it's, it's great to hear that you, you, know, you wanted to do something about it. Um, so you had the tournament yesterday, right? Yeah, the restriction yes. tournament. How did it go? Oh, it, it went actually smoother than other years. And I didn't expect that because um, part of the challenge of throwing the tournament is actually getting machines here because 
it's not like a council based game, right? Where oh, I just go get a bunch of PS4s, and, yeah, and I get a couple copies of the game, and then here it is. I have to actually, I have to bring my own cabinet, and then I have to convince other people, like, hey, <laughs> can you bring your cabinet too? And and you know, people, <clears throat> I'm grateful because people do come out and they do do that. But you know, you get some people who they'll bring out their pristine machine, and then I'm not talking crap on anyone else's machine. But sometimes you get machines that are a little weird, yeah, a little janky. I may have to work on them before the tournament starts. <laughs> but you know, that's really the like just a huge challenge. And this year, I just got four machines, and we just barely got five when we started. What's your ideal number? Like, what's what would make you really comfortable? Because you have what 32 players, yeah, right? 32 players. The, the most comfortable, like the ideal, like perfect world setup would be like eight machines mm -hmm. because that's like a perfect, that's like the perfect number for, for you know, you have uh, 32 players, it becomes 16 matches, right? So you, you, you just wind up running that first round twice, right? And you're done. And the, the nightmare is always like, oh my God, what if I only have two machines and the first round takes like an hour? Right. Right. And everyone gets pissed off and they're like mad that we're all standing here waiting to play. You know? <laughs> well, I had a blast. Uh, I entered the tournament yesterday. I hope to do a little bit better. I tied for 17th out of 32. I'll take that as a first uh, attempt. Um, but man, I'll tell you, I haven't felt that much adrenaline in a long time. Because when you're in an official tournament environment, you know how it is. It's just right. like there's something, I don't know what, but there's something at stake. Right. Yeah. And, the, and the players are fantastic. So you're playing at a much higher level. Um, I walked away, my hands were like <laughs> shaking, right? right? These nail biter matches. But one of the things I thought was interesting was you posted on the California Extreme website that like, hey look, you're gonna play on machines that are gonna be different, right? I played mm -hmm. on one that was sit down and then one that was a blind cab with a head to head where you don't see the other player, you know, which kind of changed uh, my gameplay a little bit. Right. It's more like an online experience. Um, but I like the idea that you're just like, you know, you gotta suck it up, right? And, and that's, yeah is similar to the experience we had back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. It was, as we talked about in the podcast earlier, um, you know, game or cabinets were retrofitted to B Street Fighter, a lot of them were broken. So mm -hmm. I love the idea that you're like, look, we're just, we're hobbyists, we're just, you know, we're here to try to create an experience for you and it's very authentic. Right. And so it's, it's awesome. Um, so the winner was a gentleman named Basim, right? Yes. Um, is he a tournament regular? Uh, yeah, he's regularly in the top three. Um, I believe he... This is kind of bad that I don't know my own <laughs> results, but I believe he's he's won he's won at least two of them. I believe top one, uh, first place. Yeah, uh, but he's always in the top three. He's a really really dangerous hyper fighting Ryu. Yeah, sure. He he takes it very seriously too, and I had a chance to play a couple games. I think I took only a couple rounds mm -hmm. on him, and yeah, I got to, my face bloodied up pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so for a guy to walk into California Stream and to want to actually spend all this time and effort and energy to, to create this experience. Street Fighter 2 must be pretty special to you. Yeah. So I'm yeah. curious, what what is so special about it uh, that just makes you want to keep doing this year after year? Well, part of it is like that whole, you know, I, I kind of, I wanted the game to be here, you know, and mm -hmm. I feel like part of it is like, it's not that it won't be here if I, if I don't do it, <laughs> but it, I feel like, you know, I love the game so much that I want it, I want it to be here and I want people to be able to play it who want to play it. And also just the game in general. I think it's really, it's, it's one of the most important video games. Um, it's not, I'm not saying it's the most important, but it's one of the most important. It's not that it's not the first fighting game. And it's not that it's, not that it's the first game where you have, well, in Street Fighter 2, you have eight 
well, really 12 in hyperfighting, play designs, right? Each character mm-hmm. is a play design. And then you have different play styles that us, the player, bring right. that can be compatible or incompatible with those play designs. And then it's not that we never had that before Street Fighter 2. We had that like in Final Fight and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. but we're fighting the computer. But with this, when it came out, it was like, oh my God, like now we're doing that against each other. And I remember that being just so mind blowing when I played that. And I remember I also had like the Game Pro strategy guide. And I remember the back page has like a tournament page. And it like you were supposed to be able to photocopy it and it had like a bracket right, <laughs> that you cool. could fill out. And I and that's always been in the back of my mind because I remember when I saw that I was like that is so cool. I realize it's just a video game. And you know the era that we grew up in, it's like yeah. oh, video games, whatever, you know. But it was like, that is so cool that people could throw tournaments yeah. in this fighting game. I've never been a very good player. Like, I've always been, I, I feel, maybe average, you know. But but there's something about throwing a tournament and, like, being in a tournament, especially for Street Fighter. Like, I can't... It's not just the rush. It's like... You know, like, the game is, like, our Pac-Man, in my opinion. Like, Great. especially in the 90s. It's, like, it's so culturally important to us. And it's just to see it, to still interact with it in, like, a tournament setting. There's there's some kind of magic there that I can't quite explain. I, I can't agree with you more. And I think that, I, so my kids love playing Street Fighter. So, you know, young kids through tournament players, people can get something out of it no matter who they are. You know, our host was complaining that he doesn't like Street Fighter in some ways. I'm like, but you are a crazy minority, my friend, (laughs) because like millions of people did. Um, So you're saying before the podcast that uh, your voice is going a little bit. Uh, Now I understand why, because uh, when I was in the tournament, you have this huge group of people, and this place is loud. Um, This is nowhere, the background you hear now is nowhere near as loud as the actual game floor. Um, You're standing up on a chair and just screaming people's (laughs) names, trying to get people's attention. You don't reach everybody, so you're repeating it over and over. Um, so just the act, the activity of managing the bracket, trying who's one, who's not, over machines that are spread out, I can imagine that can get kind of stressful. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious about the preparation. What goes into to the run-up on, on this? Um, for, for this one, I've, I've ran a, actually a couple of tournaments. I've, ran, uh, I, I've run Street Fighter tournaments outside of the arcade and stuff, and I've run pinball tournaments. And it's kind of the same in that you, you just need to advertise let people know what's happening, uh, establish what the rules are, you know, establish a good format, which to me is double elimination. I mm-hmm. think that's a really good format. Um, and then deciding on what kind of bracket software you want to use. You know, we're in a really good time now where we don't have to use paper anymore to write down brackets <laughs> yeah. and stuff. The hard part, and this is the hardest tournament I, I have to run. And it comes back to, do I have the equipment? to run it the actual mm-hmm. games to run it because it's 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 the cabinets like okay am i going to get enough good cabinets that we can play on but it's also the board itself um hmm. hyper fighting hyper fighting is an easier board to get than let's say super turbo because super turbo is really expensive but i still have to be able to get the right board set mm-hmm. or the hardcore players are going to notice so there's two different speeds. Am I, am I right about that, yeah, so, right? Yeah. So, so, so CPS 1, Street Fighter 2, it, it's a three-board stack. So there's an A board, a B board, and then a small C board. And what I discovered after the first tournament, 
like a hardcore player came up to me and he was like, hey, you've got slower version over here and faster version over here. And it winds up that the A board, there's two different versions of the A board. One, I think, is uh, 10 megahertz. I think the other one's 12 megahertz, if I remember correctly. I don't know why I don't remember that correctly, because <laughs> I, I had to hunt the next year. I was just hunting for A boards that were the faster speed. And I had just stacks of, of CPS-1 like parts and just try to part together as many faster, hyper-fighting boards as I could. That's interesting. So if you don't have the right setup, some of these players may not show up next year because they're like, I, I, it's, it's not, I'm not able to play com truly competitively. Well, I've, I've been kind of lucky in that the other thing is hyper-fighting doesn't get run very much in tournaments. So, so hmm. they may do that, but... I think I've gotten a little lucky in that it's like, well, this is one of the only hyper-fighting tournaments, and, <laughs> and so that they still may come back. Yeah. But yeah, like just just to get that right, though, it's like, yeah, I, I, I go out of my way to try and make sure yeah. I have the right speed. So you, I can definitely I follow you on social media. I can see the care that you put into it. You even uh, you're an artist too, right? You even designed the posters. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. awesome. That was great because you pay like five bucks to get in. You get a poster. You get to play. You know, great players. I mean, it, it sounds like a deal. Yeah. If you got to deal with a sticky button or two, it still sounds like an awesome time. Yeah, that that was really important to me as well. Uh, that's also a stressful part. Doing the whole poster is a whole other thing. It's like, oh my <laughs> god, okay, what what am I going to do? What style am I going to do it in? You know, what do people want to see? And the poster is really important. I know it's like a really little thing, but it's like. I want to make sure people at least walk away with something. You know what I mean? So That's I awesome. go out of my way to make that poster. So, And pe some people like it, some people don't like it. But it's like, I don't care. At least you got something. You came here, you paid your five bucks. And even if you aren't a hardcore player, hopefully you had fun. And here's something extra. That's know? so awesome. Well, it's going to be framed in our podcast room. I'll tell you that oh, right now. You. And you got a couple people helping you as well, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I guess uh, like I could shout out like uh, Mike Moffitt and the Candy Cab crew. Pretty much, he he runs the whole candy cab section. That's right there. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a he was a huge help. And what's year. a candy cab for those who don't know? So a candy cab is um, is pretty much a Japanese cabinet that is like half the size uh, tall wise as an American cabinet. American cabinets are just these huge wooden coffins, mm -hmm. right? But the Japanese cabinets are a bit more efficient. They're lower, and you sit at them. Um, if you play more modern fighting games with, like, the modern council sticks, the, the parts are more in line with that. They're, like, Sanwa parts and, and, and buttons. Um, and there's just, you know, he creates that whole row. I'm sure you saw. Yeah, I played yeah. on one of them for the tournament, right? Yeah, and I see yeah. your family involved too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my wife and my, my daughter. My daughter's not here this year, but typically she helps out as well. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so winners of the tournament, they what, split the pot in some ways, right? The top, was it top three? Yeah, top, top three uh, are in the money. So first place gets 60% of the pot. Second place gets 25%. And third place gets 15%. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. It's a good return on your five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we talked about Basim earlier, but um, have, have there have been other specific players that really stood out in the, some of the previous tournaments that you've run? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, we haven't seen Chris Tang lately, but mm. he was he was taking it every year and he was a really solid Ken player. Um, Eric uh, Smeveld, who played Saget, he got second place. He he's another super solid hyper fighting player. Uh, him and Basim actually, I believe, uh, trained together before the tournament. Wow. Yeah. Um, Pavicado, who got third, he he's not quite known for hyper fighting, but he's known as a very solid fighting game player. Period. Uh, the fourth place, uh, Jerry, he's a very good Zangief, very mm -hmm. solid. Um, 
Fly. I don't know if, if you guys got to see him play. He, he's a very good Honda. He shows up every year. Uh, he's the Honda to beat for sure. Wow. Yeah, I didn't play. I was lucky because I have a hard time with Honda because I'm a uh, Blanc is my main and I always have trouble with right. Honda, so I'm glad I didn't play yeah. him. It's it's hard to say because because there's a it, every year it kind of changes a little bit, but those yeah. are those are the those are the people who tend to show up every year. That's great. Well, I had the pleasure actually of uh, I don't know if you'd call it that because I lose all the time, but uh, playing Chris uh, Tang outside of a tournament setting. Because mm-hmm. every year I would show up and I'd be you know doing really well, and this guy would show up and just like send me <laughs> off, and it was always Chris. Um, we got to talking just a little bit. Um, I don't even know if he probably doesn't remember who I am, but mm-hmm. um, but we've chatted in between rounds and things like that. But uh, I didn't know until recently just how influential Chris was and is in video games. Um, you know, being an important part of gaming culture. He worked for Capcom, and of course, being known for um, probably mostly for his esports you know, commentator work. Yeah. Um, if you've seen the 2016 Classic World uh, Classic Tetris World Championship video. On YouTube, which by the way has been watched over 10 million times by now, mm-hmm. Chris is famous for that. You know, boom, judges for Jeff and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a guy who's super passionate about gaming, and it's, I really wish I would have seen him this year. Maybe he'll be here next year yeah, in the tournament, and just I, want him to be in a different bracket than me next year. Because <laughs> uh, my, my claim to fame is that I've actually I beat him one round, but I think I just uh, pissed him off. So oh. <laughs> you know that. Did work out uh, well for me. Well, if, if Chris Tang is, is listening, like I hope he comes out. I hope you come out like next year because you're the one name that everyone keeps bringing up. Like, where's Chris Tang? Where's Chris Tang? I want to fight Chris Tang. So All right. hopefully he comes out next but year. He'll come out and wipe the floor there. But yeah. like, you shouldn't have asked that. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it'd be good to see him. Um, now, personally, do you collect other arcades or memorabilia or any of that kind of stuff? Oh yeah, I'm I, I, I'm a bit of a hoarder. I, I've, I finally kind of calmed down and stopped doing that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you got to teach me some lessons after this, by the way. Oh, it's it, it's being broke. That's that's the <laughs> that's the trick. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I have a I have um, I have about four five Street Fighter machines at home. Uh, they're all broken, unfortunately, right now, except for the mm-hmm. one I brought. Um, I used to be into pinball. I have a couple of pinball machines. Uh, there are some 80s and 90s games that I have arcade-wise that, you know, they're just special to me. Like, I have a, a PlayChoice 10, Nintendo oh, PlayChoice nice. 10. Um, I have a Pac-Man that I haven't quite fixed up yet. Um, I have a Double Dragon. Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of arcade machines. I also have a lot of uh, console games. I know you guys are really into console games. I, I, was, I was listening to the Batman thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, that's cool. Uh, but, like, I collect a lot of NES my main my main focus is NES and believe it or not Sega CD. Like nice. I have I have a yeah. real big thing about Sega CD. That is cool. Do you yeah. do you like the bottom the bottom loader or the top loader? Would you have preference on the version? Actually, I, I have the the CDX. I prefer that because oh, it's wow. so small. Yeah, you know? self-contained. But, but I have like the side the side one CD two. Yeah, and uh, and then I have a 32X, which is another guilty that's that's more of a guilty pleasure like i, I like the 32x as well so you got the franken system yeah, right yeah <laughs> everything yeah. that's awesome i didn't know that you're a console guy too i uh, i had a and i totally regret this by the way um i know my wife isn't listening so i can say this um but uh, i saw i had a big blue street fighter 2 oh, nice and it was original board everything champion edition had a hyper fighting board in there um just recently sold it um and mm. i i'm so regretting it so oh. i'm back in the market by the way right um but recently i was on a road trip and i saw a street fighter 2 pinball machine Oh. Lost my mind, so I, I'm in the market for one of those as well. Those are I, so cool. I have, I have something to tell you. I actually, that's one of the pinballs I had. That was like the first pinball wow. I picked up. Wow! It, someone had it for sale for like really cheap, and I was like, okay, I want, I want to get into pinball. And what pinball would be better for me to get 
You got to do it. Too. Break yeah, the car and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's so sweet. I saw one, like I said, on a road trip, and I was like, I got, so I have the, the there's a decal on the machine of the owner, because it's like mm-hmm. a rental company. I'm totally going to call and be like, because maybe they don't know it's special, right? Yeah, they might yeah. be like, oh, well, you want this piece of junk, $1,000, whatever. <laughs> Probably not going to happen, but I'll keep telling myself that. Uh, just, you know, a couple last questions here. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about Street Fighter or your tournament? Anything you'd like to say to help people, you know, to bring people down or tell people how much fun mm-hmm. this all is? Um, I mean, it happens every year. Uh, I try to make it happen every year. I don't, I don't know why every year I feel like, well, this, it might not happen this year. But <laughs> then last second, you know, machines show up and I'm like, okay, it's, it is going to happen this year. Um, you know, just, just come on down, um, especially if you like hyper fighting. You know, I try to... I try to create a, a section or try to coordinate to get a section that's just classic Street Fighter 2. So if, you, if you're missing playing that, by all means, come down next year. And don't be afraid to play in the tournament because, you know, part of it being hyper fighting as well is that hyper fighting is accessible. And that, mm-hmm. that's on purpose. Like people come up to me and they're like, well, why don't you run Super Turbo? Why don't you run a tournament for Third Strike? And I'm like, you know, those games are great. But number one, there's like hundreds of tournaments for those games. You know, hyper fighting barely gets any tournaments. And the other thing is, hyper fighting is the perfect middle ground where it's like hardcore players can play it and respect it mm-hmm. because there's not really a lot that's broken in it. I mean, it's straight up, if you have strong foundation skills, you can play hyper fighting. But it's also not so complicated that if you remember Street Fighter, you can hang. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not sitting there like, well, wh- wait, what's the super? What's my character's super? What do you mean <laughs> right, my, right. my character has this extra move? You know, what do you mean I got to parry things? Like, mm-hmm. there's none of that. It's like straight up, this is Street Fighter 2. You either have the foundations or you don't. Right. So don't be scared if you're here next year. You know, just throw your five bucks in and give it a shot. That's awesome. That's awesome. And if somebody has a Street Fighter uh, 2 hyper fighting machine, how would they get a hold of you and... And uh, to, to of, of course, bring it next year, right? <laughs> Make uh, your life easier. You know, they could they could like you know message me on Twitter. Probably I'm uh, at Sasadilatron, so I'm trying to spell it out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll link it in the podcast, right? Um, they could also just hit up CAC staff and just say, hey, you know, I, I want to bring a Street Fighter Two. I have a hyper fighting board. You know, how do I how do I bring it to the show and have it be a part of the tournament? That's great. Well, Stephen, this has been you know awesome talking with you. Thank you again for joining us mm-hmm. at the uh, podcast. Um, and also, on uh, behalf of players that love Street Fighter, uh, thank you for doing your part to keep Street Fighter 2, and specifically, you know, Turbo or Hyper Fighting, alive. To me, there's no better game if you want to get the adrenaline pumping and you want to meet some cool people and be a part of this great community. So, uh, so thank you for all that you're doing. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you awesome. for participating. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Yeah. The opinions and views expressed on the Retro Game Guys podcast represent the views of the speaker alone and are not the views of our employers.